Building a business ain't easy. It takes hard work, dedication, and strength. This is Success Failed with Philip Long. Must know tips for executives going through the trials and tribulations of growing their own business. Now, here's your host, Philip Long. Welcome to another show of Success Failed with Philip Long. We've got a great show today, a great lineup of, of guests, and uh, really a lot of great information on uh, how to secure yourself, as well as how to be productive uh, during this COVID-19 you know, pandemic that we're under. So I'm going to jump right in. Uh, I've got uh, really two guests from the Alabama Career Center, uh, Hank Latte and uh, Christy Mitchell, they are going to be on the show today, and they're going to be talking about, uh, you know, really how to get this economy going, keep it going by getting employed, and they specialize in, uh, Hank does a lot with uh, veterans, and Christy does work for uh, regular people. Really anything from uh, writing a good resume, how to do an interview, uh, job openings, job opportunities, you're not going to want to miss that, as well as on my thought of the month, I have a very special guest, my daughter, Brooke Long, and she's going to talk about really uh, strategically building out your career uh, to make it, uh, you know, where you can arrive where you want to be. And she's really done a lot of great things that are really on her way more than on me. And I think you're going to enjoy that. Cyber attack analysis. Let's break it down. Uh, to start off with our uh, breach of the month, I want to talk about not so much a breach, but just breach type activity. What we're seeing right now is a huge influx in uh, remote desktop protocol um, attacks. And I'm going to read a couple quotes. Uh, the SANS Institute is a, is a group I follow. They're a leader in cybersecurity training and certifications. And they really have a, um, you know, they've got their their uh, sources and they're really knowing what is going on in real time and this comes uh, in April the 7th they're seeing a 30% increase in attack interest in remote desktop protocol well first question is what is remote desktop protocol well remote desktop protocol is basically where you go and when you're not at your computer or not at your server and you use the Microsoft product in order to log in remotely and uh, it's really easy. It's easy to set up. Uh, you can forward a port, basically poke a pinhole in the uh, firewall. And what we're seeing is an enormous amount of people. Literally, I just left an office, and that's how they're set up. And, um, you know, hopefully I'm going to win their business over this because they are so wide open. This is uh, Dr. Ulrich. He's a fellow at the SANS uh, Institute as well as uh, the Dean of Research. And this is his comment here. He says, the number of source IP address attacks attackers used to scan the Internet for RDP increased by about 30% during March. Why is that? Because everybody's at home and they're trying to find cheap, easy ways to get into their office and opening a port in a firewall and using a, the Microsoft-based product to remote in works for them. 
and basically went up from 2,600 attacking IP addresses to around 3,500 uh, attacking addresses e uh, each day in March. That's really 3,500 different locations that are sending out these scans and attacks to, to uh, connect via your computer. And when you do this improperly, the only level of security you have is your username and password. And there are just tons of um, of you know uh, hacking tools they call them grinders there's a tool out there called ts grinder that will um just sit there and just throw passwords usernames passwords at your machine or they may even you know fish you and do a, a more targeted attack or you may be you know they may find something out about you on social media again these guys are good and big increase because they're the target the the basically the surface area of the world has increased with rdp because of this covid thing so what do we do to not be a victim of a cyber criminal accessing our RDP ports. Well, the first thing you do is never open the ports up. You have to keep your firewall. All ports have to be closed for the average business. There may be a service or something that you need, but if you're going to open up ports in your firewall, you absolutely have to have your network configured so that that is the only thing accessible on that port. We can talk more about that, but Basically, you got to have a VPN. You got to have a piece of software that connects to your firewall, and then your computer connects through that secure connection. That's bottom line. I would even recommend using some form of two-factor or multi-factor authentication. We're a big proponent of Duo. Uh, Duo is a product that uh, basically, whenever you log in, you can have the username and password, but you still have to hit a button on your phone in order to allow yourself to uh, to get into your computer. Real easy, real fast, really works. So, to stop the bad guys in a in a statement. You do not open up ports in your firewall. You do not turn on remote desktop protocol. And you use a VPN with multi-factor authentication. I hope this is helpful. It's really, really real. And it's something that uh, is happening at, uh, you know, happening like crazy right now. There's a, a, a some bad actors called Ryuk, R-Y-U-K. You could look it up. They are out there and they are poking holes uh, in people's networks, encrypting files, stealing files, then encrypting them, then selling the data, and then charging you to unencrypt your files. So really bad actors out there. Interview an expert. Now, let me introduce you. Uh, thank you for joining us. This is Philip Long with Success Failed, and we have another great podcast with two great guest, uh, Henry Latte, and he works uh, in helping people get jobs from a government uh, standpoint with veterans. And then also we have Christy Mitchell, and she works for the Alabama uh, Employment Center. And I'm going to have all this wrong, but don't worry, guys. I'm going to let them clean up uh, what they what they do and who they work for here in just a second. But really, the you know, today I want to talk about something very relative to the market, uh, about COVID-19 and getting the country back to work. So, guys, welcome to the show. And, and Henry, if you'd kick it off with me and kind of tell me who you are and what you do. Well, good morning, Philip. Thank you. Uh, my name is Hank Lottie. I go by Hank, and uh, I work with the Alabama Career Center through the Department of Labor. And I am the local veterans rep for Baldwin County, 
and what I do is when veterans come to our office seeking assistance in finding employment, we try to help in any way we can. It may be resume preparation, it may be job search planning, it may be uh, just guiding them through the application process or, or mock interviews, anything we can do to assist them in getting that job, that's what our that's what we do. We work in conjunction with Christy, uh, which she works out of the Foley office, I work out of the Bay Manette office, okay? okay? I do cover the whole county though, so if there's any veteran out there that needs assistance or just wants to talk uh, and, and uh, brainstorm, that's what we're here for. There cool. are um, actually, there are five of us veteran rep representatives in the southern part of the state to help you. And uh, there's a lot of different programs for veterans, okay? So uh, I can't go into them all now, but I'd be happy to uh, to help in a, vet, a veteran in any way we can. Yeah, great. And Christy, welcome to the show. And tell us a little bit about, you know, your role and how you're helping, you know, our community. Okay, good morning, Philip. Um, I'm Christy Mitchell, and I work for the Alabama Career Center as well. And I am located in the Foley office. And I'm the business service representative, and I'm mainly um, I'm going out to businesses, to employers, and letting them know of a federal grant that we have uh, that is funded by the Department of Labor and to help individuals get full-time employment and it, it gives the employer uh, an offset to the initial startup cost for, for new employees. And um, so we, we are here at the Career Center and the employers and employees can con contact us here at the Career Center and we will be happy to get these this information on this grant to the employers and help the employers find some qualified candidates for their new for their jobs. Great. Tell me a little bit, just in general, you know, as far as, of course, we've had this uh, COVID-19 thing just kind of drop in our laps, I guess, maybe for the last eight or 10 weeks. I don't even keep up with time. I'm just like in a in this free zone of uh, whatever. But how has it affected what you guys are doing? Have you guys been working from home? And how's it affecting the overall, you know, the process of what you do? And either one of y'all can jump in and then we'll just hear from the other one. Well, I know for me, the, and I know I, I probably speak for Hank as well, the majority of our jobs are going out and interacting with business owners and with clients. So this stay at home has really put a damper on us, um, but we are slowly, hopefully getting back into what we call normal by um, getting back into, I know that uh, the, the uh, Chamber of Commerce actually has an event tonight, so they're starting out. So we're slowly getting back into circulation with our employers. And like you, like you know, someone mentioned earlier, the the virtual thing. I we think that virtual is going to become the norm eventually, uh, where job interviews will be held online, job yeah. fairs will be held. Virtual. Mm -hmm. I think OWASH today is having a drive-through job fair. Gotcha. So I think we're going to see a lot of shift in the traditional ways we've done things. Yeah. Hank, tell me, um, what have you, uh, have, how have you changed your overall routine to try to, I guess, make yourself still be effective, right? Oh, correct. And it's changed dramatically. Um, 
the first, uh, I think for 30 days, we were working virtually out of our home. And then uh, they brought us all back in um, May 1st into the office and the career centers now are open and they're open at a, a reduced capacity, but that we are open during normal business hours and uh, and we're here to help people. Yeah. So if there's anybody out there that needs assistance, come on in. Now, what we're seeing though is uh, I can't go out like we used to go out and shake hands and and talk face to face. It's it's just that's just a way of business that's in the past now, and I don't see it coming back quickly okay we're starting to open up again but what we're doing now is more over the phone more zoom meetings um, more go-to meetings and uh, it's actually very effective and it's working well yeah so I can see that I mean for me uh, same I mean we sent everybody home we're slowly trickling them back in and you know I've just been popping on go to meetings and I think there's some elements of it I like I love the effectiveness the efficiency where you know we serve from Gulfport to Gulf Breeze and some of those days the windshield time is you know in a lot of ways um, you know non-productive and so we gain some productivity but we lose some I think some authenticity or some you know the togetherness of, of you know being in the room together and shaking hands Oh, you do. Although, although we've had, uh, I've gone to an employer Zoom meeting now. So if an employer calls me up and says, "Hey, I have a need," uh, I bring all of our staff together in the meeting. Okay, where we can talk face to face like this. He tells us what needs he has, what the job entails, what he's looking for, maybe some specifics of the job that so we can send that right candidate. Okay, Great. so in, in efficiency wise, we can actually. Uh, bring the staff in a meeting virtually rather than me just going out and trying to relay the information. What's the what's the unemployment in Alabama? Do y'all know those numbers? Is that even is it uh, like even known at this point, or is it so in flux? Christy, I'm going to uh, defer they, that to you. They have a go ahead, Tank. I was going to defer that question to you. Oh well, I know that the Department of Labor issues. Uh, issues information on that, uh, I believe, on a weekly basis. Um, you can you can look at that labor.alabama.gov is their website, and that's where all the unemployment information can be found. Yeah. Um, I'd be curious, you know, of course, it's very in flux. One of the things that concerns me about things, and y'all can kind of weigh in on this, is the, you know, that extra $600 worth of federal money that was, uh, you know, put in uh, that is going to possibly keep people from wanting to go back to work. Uh, that worries me like you wouldn't believe. Fortunately, we didn't have to, you know, we didn't furlough anybody, lay them off or anything. Um, we just, we were, we've really been busy. We moved everybody home and then now we're moving them all back. So we're busy and, and we've needed our staff, but, uh, you know, what's the fix for that? What you guys, how's that problem? How are we going to solve that problem? Well, I've had a number of employers that have brought that up in, in just this week. Uh, and, you know, the, the purpose of that was to help the individuals. And I think that was needed at the time. Sure. Uh, now that jobs are starting to open again, um, I haven't, I see the concern. I just don't know what the result's going to be yet. Okay. Yeah. I'm hoping the people will come back and I'm hoping that they're going to, uh, accept their old jobs back and start working as normal. So I think that's to be seen yet. 
Yeah, that's a big concern, and I think a big what if. I hear that if they refuse to come back, that money gets cut off. Is that correct? Certain states have implemented that. Uh, Alabama, I don't, I'm not clear on the rules yet. Okay. Yeah, like everything else, this stuff is so new that it's all new. Yeah. yeah, nobody knows. I remember early on just working with my accountant on issues, trying to figure out what we should be doing, and he being on uh, just literally half day meetings with with somebody, uh, and they'd be figuring it out as it went along. They had to pass the bill to understand what's in it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we will all work through it together. It may take some time. But, uh, it, you know, the $600 is temporary. It's not going to last. So oh, yeah. we're, we're all burn through that cash. Yeah. Um, so I want to talk to you guys. I want to kind of shift a little bit and move towards what works, what doesn't work uh, for what you guys do. You know, uh, you know, how do you guys compete, let's say, with, uh, with a uh, staffing company? You know, are those people also signing up with you? Tell me the – I want to know what you do and what's your strategy on trying to help people get jobs and, you know, really, you know, make this world work. Tell me some things. Christy, we'll start with you. Tell me what's working, what's not working kind of deal. Well, just based with on my on-the-job training contracts, what I have seen just as a rule, the employers that pay a higher wage are more likely to retain those employees as opposed to someone who's paying $8, $9 an hour because especially down here in South Baldwin County, um, you know, you've got all the beach, the condos, the restaurants, and everybody's competing. They'll be within 25 cents. Well, we're going to pay $8. Well, we're going to pay $8.25. And, and we see the employees just hop, skip, and jump around. But the employers that, that make a, you know, pay a higher wage tends to keep their employees a little longer, and especially those if, if they can offer some benefits. That's a plus as well. Um, and then another thing that we found just through meetings and meetings with uh, different agencies at chamber meetings and things like that is housing. There's, there's not a lot of affordable housing for the workers that are making the nine and 10 and $11 an hour. Um, especially the closer to the beach, you've got all the jobs, hospitality jobs, but yes. where are those workers gonna live? It's very expensive for them to drive from Mobile or from Daphne, from Foley, all the way down to, you know, Orange Beach just for a low-paying wage. They do it, but it's it's tough. Yeah, housing's and, a big challenge. Uh, yeah. Luckily here, I guess we have pretty good schools, but I own 56 apartments in Orange Beach and, you know, 100% occupancy. Uh, so, you know, it's, uh, it's not hard to rent those apartments, but again, you know, that balance between, you know, trying to provide a place that's, you know, nice and good for somebody who's working for, you know, working at a restaurant, you know, cleaning condos or whatever. That's a lot of what we have is a lot of bartenders, a lot of, uh, servers, a lot of people that are working, you know, to serve the tourist needs. We were nervous. We thought, oh no, but that money kicked in and it actually, you know, some of those people actually got a raise. So, um, Henry, uh, Hank, excuse me, uh, tell me uh, a little bit. I know you're working with veterans. Define uh, who you guys, who you work with, you know, uh, you know, because you talked about, you know, retired veterans when we spoke a little earlier. Tell me who you're working with and, and what kind of jobs are in the market for these guys. 
Well, veterans come from all walks of life. So uh, when you're, I was a veteran myself. That's what brought me to South Alabama was the Coast Guard. So I was in the Coast Guard uh, in Mobile. I was uh, in the aviation division. I was a helicopter mechanic. And after I got out, I went to college and and worked my way into this field here. So um, I have a passion to help veterans. And I know what they go through when they exit the military. And, uh, you know, it's sometimes it's difficult. You're going from a military to civilian life and there's different lingo. They talk differently. Yeah. So, um, so experience tells me I need to prepare a resume based on the civilian world, what they've done in the military. So there's a transition there as far as who we work with. It's, um, Exiting military, okay. They could be in four years, two years, four years, or they could be a career military where they retired when they exit the military. Uh, I would encourage them to come see me to get some guidance there. Um, any veteran, we've had a number of older veterans come in that are looking for work, okay. They could be already be retired. They want to supplement the retirement. If they've served uh, in the military under active duty, then we're able to help them. Okay, we operate under uh, a federal department, a labor grant. Okay, and that money is channeled to each state to help uh, to through us to help them. Okay. Now, when they come into the office, like I say, we uh, we prepare them through their resumes, through their interview skills. We help them do job searches, and we provide them assistance in training, if, if which they may be eligible for. And that kind of fits into what Christy does is uh, the on-the-job training. So if they're eligible, we can slide them right into the on-the-job training program, uh, place them with an employer that uh, that wants to do that. Now, as far as finding the correct job, like I say, the military all walks of life. They could be in medical. They could be in administration. They could be... Uh, yeah, mechanic. They, yeah. Yeah, mechanics. I was a mechanic. So we take their their skills that they did in the military or their interests. Okay, their skills may not be their interests, but but we take what they want to do. Hopefully, it's their skills, and then we start doing a search within the local area for those employers that are hiring for those skills. And it's all um, free, right? It's a hundred percent free. That's and that. Thank you for bringing that up. I was going to tell you that through the through the career centers, through the state of Alabama career centers, all our services are free. There is no charge. Okay. Uh, you mentioned staffing agencies and I love staffing agencies. We work hand in hand with them. Uh, so they, uh, if, if I'm working with a veteran and I'm, I'm having difficulty finding a job, I'll reach out to staffing agencies with their permission, say, hey, you know, do you have anything for them? Staffing agencies also come into the career center to do their recruiting. So there's no competition there. It's more of a compliment to each other. Absolutely. So, Christy, tell me some things that you've learned over the years. How long have you been doing this role? I have been here for two years. Two years. What did you do before that? Just curious. Uh, well, I've, I've worked for the state for 15 years. So um, I, before I came here, I was working over at the Mobile office in um, unemployment compensation tax. And before that, um, I, we lived in the Huntsville area. I worked for DHR. Gotcha. And I got my, my start in Montgomery as a health department. So I've I've been around to 
whole plethora of different agencies within the state. So, but I've been doing this for two years now. What's the biggest challenge in your job? Um, well, the biggest challenge really um, is the employers trying to trying to get them on board with the on the job training program. Um, that people think that there's got to be a catch, there's got to be fine print. Um, maybe they participated in this program 15 years ago and had a bad experience and don't ever want to do it again. And it's just, you know, trying to show everyone just to, my job is to go around all of South Baldwin County to talk to all the employers and let them know about this program and how it can benefit them, um, yeah. both them and their employees. And, and that's, guess, that's the main thing. It's just the stigma of what's the catch. Gotcha. And I guess also from a standpoint of, um, of uh, really how to get to business owners because, you know, and shamefully, you know, um, you know, I'm a member of a lot of chambers or my company's a member of a lot of chambers, but I don't plug in because I'm busy and, uh, you know, I'll be, you know, a little, you know, I'll be a little controversial, maybe a little bit, but I, I think that the chambers have a struggle to uh, put something together that is going to, you know, I've been doing this 20 years. Uh, they're going to have to up their game to get me to come to one of their events. You know, they're going to have to bring in somebody who's going to have something that's going to offer me. Not to say that I'm so great, because trust me, I've failed eight times more than I've succeeded. I just am, you know, I'm like a goose. I wake up a new, a new day and I'm, I'm at it again. I just keep, you know, falling down and getting back up. But, you know, I think that's a big challenge. What are other means? I, I know chambers, what are other means that you have to get that message out? Um, well, I, I attend a lot of the chamber functions. That's, that is where I have a lot of success. Really? Uh, yeah. Because when I, if I go to businesses, a lot of times, you know, every, most every business is going to have that gatekeeper. And a lot of times I've found that the person that really needs this information sometimes might not get it because, you know, granted, there's a lot of people that come in with information that they don't want to see. And it just kind of gets put in the pile. But at the chamber functions, everybody is, is there. They're more relaxed. And usually the person I need to speak with is going to be at those chamber functions or they're like, they would be, oh, well, yes, well, I, my office is right next door. I'll be glad to give that card to them and have them call you after gotcha. I explain, you know, all the program to them. Um, just meetings like that, if, if you can get, you know, involved in a chamber, um, that's where we have had the most success. How about you, Hank? Um, how are you? How are you catching fish, man? How are you? Uh, uh, what you doing? Well, obviously, my job involves a lot of networking. So uh, I've found uh, belonging to organizations, which Sherm Baldwin County Sherm is a wonderful organization yeah. for, which is uh, has all the human resource managers in it. So I'm able to make some good contacts there, plus learn their business and what their uh, challenges are, what their needs are, that sort of thing. So uh, that's one success there. Um, city council meetings, go to city council meetings. I go to, uh, if you belong to any organization, is like Kiwanis or Lions Club, um, those are all good contacts because they're going to have a few within the community that can help you spread the word. I'm just curious, um, 
are you going to find the most success dealing with the? Because you really have two different audiences. One's going to be the people, I guess, the you know, people seeking employment, and then the next is going to be the business owners. Have, do you guys do a lot on social media? I don't see you in my feed. Do you have budgets and programs to to uh, to do that on social media? I just I've literally I've been thinking a lot about you know uh, the communication level of you know with the Netflix and the you know people don't want commercials. People don't watch regular television. They don't listen to radio because they got Spotify or you know you know uh, these little cheap paid for services that are you know driving down towards zero in cost most of them because there's comp competition in the market. Uh, and you know I see social media being a, a strong piece of any marketing plan. Do y'all get a budget for that? Well, I'm glad you said that because we've come out with a new program. Um, on our website is now Alabama Works, and it just launched on April 27th. Cool. So um, for all businesses that have an account with us and all individuals that have an account with us, uh, there is a new website now, um, alabamaworks.gov. Uh, they can go on there. This website is amazing because you, as a business owner, you can go on. Uh, you can, if you have a, a need within your organization, you can uh, search for resumes by uh, keywords. You can contact people that way uh, and, and do your recruiting that way. You can also post jobs on this website to, uh, to help your business advertise. Um, as far as the individual side, they can search for jobs. They can, if you post a job, they can search, they can see that job and apply right online through, uh, um, it is possible to apply online through there. So Alabama Works is, is, um, is going to be an upgrade from our old Alabama job link account. And uh, as far as promoting that, we, I don't know if you've seen, but there's been a number of billboards in our area that have um, uh, promoted this event. Uh, other ways we have, we as the veteran organization have a Facebook page and we uh, all have LinkedIn accounts to promote our services. Cool. Yeah, Christy, do they guys, does, does the great state of Alabama give you a big budget for marketing? Well, we, we also have the Facebook page and um, we, we try to be members of the chamber. Uh, we, I'm a member of a couple of the Chambers of Commerce, and any of the, I'm very fortunate that Baldwin County has a, a lot of free networking uh, meetings that I can go to, uh -huh. um, and that's mainly what keeps me busy, I, between the Chamber of Commerce and the, the networking that I go to on the side, you know, through, through Facebook and, and things of that nature. Um, I keep myself extremely busy that way. Gotcha. Yeah, that's good. I mean, it really is good. And I think more than ever, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, I always, my mindset has always been, you know, the challenge is the way. And in essence, if we keep our mindset that way and seeing this COVID thing is something that, uh, you know, to me, I think of it even as divinely appointed. I don't think this is a wind up world. So no accident. So really it's how we're going to respond. What are we going to do moving forward? That's going to keep us, uh, you know, uh, and had we not had this challenge, we wouldn't ask the right questions. Therefore, and if we ask questions, you know, we're going to hopefully, you know, build a better society, build a better, you know, a model or whatever for getting people employed and, and, uh, you know, really trying to drive 
drive our economy. So, um, so we can for sure see a lot. It's probably going to come out of uh, you know a lot more Zoom. So there's going to be some cats making a lot more money. These video conferencing kind of yes. are going to make some money, and um, you know I guess really you know this is one way to kind of get the word out. You know, for me as a business owner, I know that the more that I, I take the philosophy of the more that I make my businesses, you know, the people that I help succeed, the more people they hire, the more services they're going to need from me, the stronger our economy is going to be. You know, it's just such a uh, it's just an organic way that you grow uh, a society. And, uh, you know, I, I'm more of the guy that thinks, you know, I don't believe that I'll ever retire. And, uh, you know, I want to work because I think work is brings me a lot of satisfaction. Great. And uh, yeah, of course, Hank here, he, he probably he already retired once and now he's out. <laughs> he built I love my house. Yeah. <laughs> well, I like what you said too, Hank, about how you have a passion. Talk to me about where do you, where did that passion come from that you want to help people? You know, I, I, I can't say where it actually came from, but I've always been, uh, I always love to help people. And uh I guess the veteran portion came along is because I was in the military and I know sometimes it's a difficult transition um, going from the military to civilian world. There's a lot of unanswered questions when you're exiting the military. Uh, where do I go? Who do I talk to? What jobs are out there? How do I interview? So uh, it, it was kind of a natural fit. Sure. You know, and I, and what you said earlier about teaching uh, veterans how to uh, how to write a resume, because a lot of those military acronyms, you know, I'm in the IT world. Oh, yeah. We're acronym rich. And, yes, you, are. Uh, you know, it's it's they're they're non-relatable. I wish I could. I'm going to go back and look when I was in college. I had a, a math professor and, you know, math is ultimately a language. And absolutely. You know, he would, uh, he was kind of a math guy, you know, not the, you know, the slickest cat in the world, but he had such a passion for learning and he would get in front of you, right? And look you right in the eyes and he'd kind of hunch over or whatever. And he would be like, oh, we're communicating. And oftentimes, you know, that curse of knowledge, you know, you have a, you're a level 10 in your field. Maybe this guy was a level 10 at what he did in the military helicopter pilot. And you knew every acronym and you knew what it meant and you could have a free flowing conversation and you think, well, I'm going to dumb it down a little bit and I'm going to be a level six because that's about as low as I can go, <laughs> you know, but really true communication happens at like a level three. And, yes. uh, you know, and I think you helping those guys understand to use the civilian word for for, uh, you know, uh, I wish I had some good examples, which I can't come up with any. But the civilian word to relate in a military world world, what this means and, and be able to translate that it would be huge. Put the two together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, cool. Uh, Christy, does the uh, Career Center, do, do you, I guess you do the same kind of things. You're helping people write resumes and practice interviewing skills as well? Yes, we do. We sure do. Yeah. And uh, like Hank said earlier, we're, we're kind of at a limited capacity right now. But in, normally, uh, we are open Monday through Friday, and you would not have to have an appointment to come in. Just drop by, and we have staff that's more than happy to help if you need help polishing up a resume they can do that for you or if you need to start from ground zero they can start you know at from scratch and help you create a great resume and tailor it to the companies that you're you're looking at applying with and then they also have job search where they will you know 
find out a little about, about the person and help them look for job openings that are in line with what they want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So to kind of wrap us up, I want to do two things and I want to get you guys ultimately, and I'm going to put links and everything into y'all's website. If, if I were to put a links into Alabama, link into alabamaworks.gov, would that serve both of you well? That would would that be a great link for them to to for you know everyone employers and employees alike? Uh, would that be where you would say, Christy, is that where you would send them? Yes, I think so. Okay, cool. All right, so I'm gonna be uh, a guy who got laid off and I need to find a job. Um, I basically go to alabamaworks.gov or what I call, what would be the most effective way? I need a job and I want to figure out, I need somebody to really help me and to, to basically be my mentor or a guide of some sort in order to get there. What would you say to do? Uh, well, I can say, you know, if it were, if it were me, I would, I prefer one-on-one -on -one contact with so I need to talk with someone in person I would stop by any career center and and speak with an employment representative and ask for their guidance and get them you know help them show me what exactly the steps I need to do um, to get okay, my so, new job because that would that would just, that's my personality that would work best for me um, you can call our career centers you can go online um, and then we we each have we all have email as well. There's a, a we all have a Facebook page. Each career center has their own Facebook page. Um, people ask a lot of questions on on those sites as well. So it's, whatever the individual's personality is um, would be. A lot, I know a lot of, of people prefer the the techno route is just let me go online. And let me get my stuff done myself at home. That's so right. Either way would be perfectly fine. At least that gets it started, and then you'd reach out to right. them, I guess. Yeah. Right. I had a guy give a keynote down at IT Nation in uh, Florida last year, and he picked up his phone and he talked about just how much this was. Ultimately, it's in it's empowering people, but it it I like what you were saying how the the personal touch is I think extremely important because um, you don't know what you don't know. And that's why you need people like, you know, the Hanks and Christie's of the world in order to help, you know, guide somebody through a path because they, again, a ton of information uh, and not, not having the ability to assimilate uh, that information and to draw right conclusions from it can almost be, uh, can almost, you know, be A, overwhelming or B, more, uh, you know, the probability of failure is going to be higher because of, uh you know, just again, easy work. So, uh, how about you, uh, Hank? If I'm, let's say, I'm gonna spin the table on you. I'm gonna say I'm an employer. I'm Philip Long. I own an IT company and a marketing. Co I need some people. What should I do? Well, the first stop would be to call me. Okay, and uh, we'll discuss what your needs are. Um, we have, we can post your position. Okay, we can post it on Alabama Job Link or Alabama Works, I should say, still using the old lingo here. We have Facebook pages we posted on. I inform the staff of our office of what positions are available so when people walk in, they're aware that what your needs are. Okay, so those are the immediate things that I would do 
when you inform me that you have a need for a job. Now, some of your jobs are more specific. Not everybody can can do maybe that position. So we have to do a, a broader search. They have to go out once you uh, once you leave it in my hands, okay, and say, here's my needs. Can you help me out? I may have to start reaching out to my contacts, okay, and whether do resume searches online, whether it be going through uh, contacting staffing agencies, whether it be um, reaching out to some of my partner um, organizations, I go out and say, hey, I have a need for an employer that we need to fill. Do you have anybody that you may know that's looking for this position? So. Um, we, we bring in all our resources and, and try to help you. Now, it doesn't always work, okay? You know some of those positions are very hard to fill. Yep. Um, so we do our best, okay? And we keep going until, we, until, we, uh, until you fill that position. Yeah. So uh, as far as, um, in, in addition to what Christy had said, you know, I always recommend that they enroll and sign up on Alabama Works first and then come in because that face-to-face -face contact gives you additional information that you may not think of. For instance, there's four different types of resumes that we deal with. I mean, you may be looking at uh, a chronological resume uh, or a functional resume or a skill-based resume. There's even federal resumes and they're all different. And when you're when you're coming in, you may not know the right resume to use, and a lot of it depends upon your life experiences, your skills that you've accumulated, if there's any gap in work, uh, in your work base history. Uh, so we want to make that resume work to your advantage. So we choose the resume that's going to work best for you to put in front of that employer. And I so, tell you, yeah. as a guy who reads resumes a lot, uh, they need to come see you, brother, because uh, I see a lot of questions. And at the end oh, of the day, absolutely. you want uh, you want answers, not questions, when you read a resume. And from right. an employer perspective, you know, I'm looking for, you know, I want answers to my problems. I'm not looking for more questions. Exactly. And and how long do you spend on a resume when oh, you pick yeah. it up? A couple minutes tops. If it's really that's high. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it depends because most of mine are technical. So I'm, I'm, you know, I do granularly right. read, uh, you know, so I probably spent a little more time, but yeah, you're right. But again, yeah. One gap in employee without a good explanation or too many job hops or whatever, there's things that really, and I'm sure a lot of them, you know, employers have different little mindsets. I like to see a tough job in somebody's uh, employment history, you know, where they were a dishwasher or busboy or somebody who, you know, who had something that was difficult. And exactly. I'd love to talk to their, um, their, uh, uh, direct report or whoever they report it to, not their direct report necessarily, but who they report it to uh, about how, what kind of work ethic they got. Because man, we all know if you have a desire to learn and you have a good work ethic, I just know that because, you know, I tell everybody, you know, you get into something that you're passionate about that you can get up and swing at every day. And in 20 years, you'll be an overnight success. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I mean, it's just, it's almost unstoppable you know you can't stop that train if it just keeps you know adding a stroke every day it'll 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 perpetuate that's but, right 
you know, you guys are, are really, you know, you guys are saints to the industry uh, as far as that. And, and I hope this will help get more people. What's your bandwidth right now? Are you maxed out? Are you at 50 percent? You know, what's the flow of work that's coming at you guys in this stage of the COVID thing? Or are you all wide open or, or is it like, man, we need to get some people in here talking to me? Christy? Um, I, I don't even know how to answer that question. Um, I would I would just have to say I'm not sure. Yeah, I was just wondering. I like the demand on uh, y'all's industry right now. Is it really high? Are people out calling you? I want a job. I want a job. Or is it like I'm just gonna wait this thing out a minute more? I mean, I'll be honest with you. I've been slow this last couple of weeks. Yeah, and, I would. Uh, I, I think the floodgates are gonna open though. Soon. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I could definitely see that uh, people's focus hasn't been on working. And, you know, as an entrepreneur, I'm like, everybody else is sitting down. Guys, get up. Let's run. Because yeah. that's how you that's how you dominate. And if everybody else is running, you may need to sit down. Uh, you know, that's just always been kind of my mindset. But guys, I want to thank y'all so much, not only for for the time that you spent with me today, but also what you do. And at the end of the day, you know, it takes people like y'all to make a great society. And I want to say I appreciate it. And I know that our listeners are going to appreciate it. And uh, why don't you, uh, of course, we got the alabamaworks.gov. Can I get a phone number from each of you just so that if, uh, if we got a veteran out there and they want to they plug into a great guy that has a passion for helping them? Hank, what's your number? Absolutely. I'm going to show you my card here. But it is uh, 251 nine three seven four one six one all right that's great and and you christy if we got you know somebody who's i guess not a veteran or or really it wouldn't matter y'all work closely together but how would i get in touch with you christy uh my phone number is two five one nine four three one five seven five all right, guys. Well, we're going to wrap it up here. I want to thank my guest, and I want to thank everyone for listening. This will uh, kind of conclude, and we appreciate you uh, being uh, success-filled with Philip Long, and we'll talk to you soon. Y'all have a great afternoon. It's time to go inside Philip's head. Thoughts of the month. Okay, now we get to our thought of the month. And this month I've got a very special guest. And my guest, uh, full disclosure here, here is um, my daughter, Brooke Long. Brooke, welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah, well, I appreciate it. Well, of course, as we've discussed, the uh, the topic really uh, is about getting the economy going. And why I thought I wanted to bring you on this month was because of really, you know, I can't, she's my daughter, so I'm going to be a little biased here. But in really all practicality, um, she did a lot of this on her own. And what she did was ultimately she is uh, really crafting her her future, and it started back in high school. Uh, so, Brooke, tell me just a little bit about uh, kind of how you worked, uh, you know, to, you know, kind of propel your your uh, your future, if you will. How did you get started on that? Yeah, for sure. So, um, this all began about my sophomore year of high school. I would say I was just really um, looking for something different to do and wanted to do something outside of the more traditional, like. 8 to 3 p.m. doing school um, in a classroom type thing. And so I really began just investigating what my options were. And I found a really cool program through the University of Alabama called Early College. And that was basically 
going to allow me to dual enroll and take college courses as well as high school courses at the same time and build up my credit so I can set myself up for just um, my collegiate uh, career, if you will. So that's kind of what I started looking into and began doing my junior year. Got you. And so, I mean, I remember you were uh, you were dual enrolled. Of course, you went to Bayshore Christian School here in Fairhope. And one of the things that was uh, beneficial or what really made all this happen was that they're a pretty uh, academic heavy type school in that you had a lot of, uh, you know, your core classes, you probably wouldn't even even had to take your senior year. Is that an overstatement? Um, to a degree, I believe that's true, and I think that Bayshore did a great job of just creating well-rounded students for sure, but um, for me, I just thought it was personally better for me to just take a different route, and I just decided to, um, all of my core classes were taken through um, dual enrollment, so I was able to build, like, basically my general education courses up coming into college, um, so yes, that would be correct in saying that my core classes my senior year, we're all dual enrolled. Yep. And ultimately, that lets you, basically, you had to kind of even be careful not to get too many credits for college because mm -hmm. Brooke also, uh, she got a full ride, and she uh, chose to go to uh, Troy University. And um, you had to almost be careful a little bit because you had to be able to uh, to meet the requirements for your scholarship. At Troy, you had to uh, go in as a freshman, correct? Yes, I did. So I basically, and, it, and it's very much so school dependent. And at the time, before I chose Troy, I was even more careful. Luckily, Troy does a really good job of transferring credits, and they would have set it up in a way that it wouldn't have, uh, overqualified me for those freshman scholarships, but um, some schools are very specific that you can only have a certain amount of college credits coming in, so you can't apply for those freshman scholarships and not be considered a transfer student. Got you. Now, what is it that you're, what is the ultimate goal here? I mean, what is it that you're trying to accomplish? Um, long term, what I want out of a career basically is I do want to own my own business one day, I believe, and I think that doing dual enrollment has just set me up. Like Dad said, I uh, have a four-year scholarship where my tuition is paid for, and so coming in with hours allows me to add minors to my major, which would really just set me apart in the business world one day when I'm able to build up my career and add two or three more minors than your typical uh, global business major. And so that just allowed me to kind of look forward and um, just plan for a future better. Yeah, because ultimately your scholarship is going to pay for a full four years, whether you, mm -hmm. uh, and you could get, if it were possible, you could get a master's in that term or whatever. It doesn't matter, uh, you know, you can, you could construct those four years with, with anything, but, do, and you, I guess you have to come out with some degree, correct? Uh, with the scholarship you're asking? Yes, yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I will come out with an undergrad, undergraduate degree. And the way that the business program is set up at Troy specifically is um, within my program, I'm allotted 120 hours, and all of those are filled up just by my major. And so being able to come in with credits has allowed me to add one minor for sure and potentially one more if I were interested in that. 
That's right. So I'll brag just a minute and uh, just really, you know, I'm very impressed. Of course, my daughter, but just, I mean, I'd be impressed with any any uh, young lady that is out trying to, uh, again, craft. Uh, you know, one of the things I often say is that people are going to be, um, they're going to suffer pain. And either you're going to suffer the pain of discipline and you're going to have a lot more options in life or you're going to suffer the pain of regret and basically life's going to have dealt you what it dealt you and you're going to have to deal with the hand that uh, that you're holding. So tell me a little bit about, you know, I've noticed, uh, you know, you've worked some for me. Um, what are you doing this week? What's the What's on the agenda this week? Um, this week I am... Actually, I started some summer classes this week. Um, I'm taking computer concepts, which is basically an introduction to an information system. Um, and I'm also taking Spanish, too, which Spanish is my minor. So I'm working on those this summer, starting this week, and just keeping myself uh, in the group of um, school, basically. Um, what else am I doing this week? I am also working at a coffee shop, and so I'm working about 20 or 25 hours a week there. Um and actually beginning today as well, I'm going to be starting to teach an ACT prep course for a few students, just kind of helping them the way that I was taught to take the test and um, some of the tips that I've learned along the way of taking that test and just helping out with that. So that's what this week looks like so far. Got you. So um, I guess really, you know, again, this is just a, the shorter segment here, but I want it really to encourage people, especially young adults, as they're beginning to, you know, craft their future. And, and uh, you know, I've shared openly, you know, I've I basically have a 10th grade education, and I don't think that at that time in my life, uh, college would have been a uh, would have been a, a really a plan for me. But in Brooke's life, I believe it very much is uh, the exact route, and she is really working it for all that it can be worked, and that she is strategically building her resume. Uh, I think even wisely, I like the sub, like the subscriptions she's selling uh, to teach people ACT because that's a one-to-many where she can basically stand up in front of the room, teach uh, one kid, 10 kids, 20 kids, uh, all at the same amount of effort. So that's a very scalable solution as an entrepreneur. I think that's really smart uh, as well as just really, you know, getting the most out of those college credits so that you're not only just going to come out with a um, – with an undergraduate degree, but you're also going to possibly, you know, definitely have a second, or if you want it to go on and have, uh, you know, get your master's degree, you would be, you know, very within striking distance with very little money out of pocket. So, uh, so ultimately, you know, the challenge is the way, and uh, we want to, you know, be fully engaged along the process, and it's never uh, too early. Uh, to start, anything else, Brooke, that um, that you would recommend if somebody wanted to get started on that? I know that uh, for a small consulting fee, you'd help kids uh, kind of help guide their path if they wanted to dual enroll, wouldn't you? Mm -hmm, for sure, absolutely. And um, I would just encourage them to look at their options and just really evaluate um, what it came down. The main factors for me were. Uh, obviously what I wanted to major in and what I wanted to do long-term, even if I didn't have a specific major at that time, um, what school I wanted to go to and just making sure that whatever school you pick to dual enroll, um, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter as long as those trans or those credits will transfer. And um, I think that overall 
doing that has set me up so well to trans transition uh, into uh, high school to college. And so I think that I would just really encourage if you're interested in it, just give it a little time, do your homework on what you want to do, because uh, it's definitely been a big blessing in my life. And I'm so thankful I took that route. Yeah. And that was really just a joke about the consulting fee. I'm sure you'd probably help. Them <laughs> I figured. Charging. I figured. <laughs> yeah. I wanted you to, yeah, I wanted to build you up a little bit, but no, I mean, honestly, <laughs> and I have seen that where you have consulted with, uh, with students and, and moms and dads about, the path that you took and you have helped some other kids that uh again i think if you're going to be an academic uh you know go at it with the with the very smartest path to get you where you want to go strategically build out your resume uh so that whenever you know a, a potential employer looks at it they see that you know you're above the the cut uh from the other people that they're looking at and again you'll stand out and all that uh starts with uh with planning so well, thank yeah, you so sure. much, Brooke, for being on the show, yeah. and uh, I'm sure I'm sure we'll uh, see each other soon. Go out and make it happen. You've been listening to Success Failed with Philip Long. Check out AskBIS.com. Brought to you by BIS. <laughs>